Okay, let's do this. We're back. Okay, so we're back. Welcome back, everyone. Back. We are back. Welcome back to episode seven of Product Champs. Lucky seven. Off. Lucky seven, which, you know, for a long time was a weekly get together. And now in this last week, we took a little hiatus. We took a little break. I think we came back or coming back refreshed, bushy tailed. I mean, Samir looks like he got sleep. So I, I think legitimately. Okay. I just want to say there's one of one of our listeners always comments on the fact that I need a haircut. Yeah. And I keep on promising them that Is I'm your mom. It. No, it's not my mom. It's a friend of mine. Um, but but you know, and then every time I say I'm gonna get it by the next episode, and then I haven't done it. But I did get some sleep. So yes. Okay. So we're back, we're refreshed. We're back. Um let's do quick intros, we'll do a recap, and then we'll dive into this week. So I'm DZ. I'm Avi. Ahmad, Ahmad, we uh, always go at the same Ahmad. time here, so you gotta go. Okay, you gotta go all first. right, all right. My name is Ahmad. Okay, right. <laughs> I am Samir. <laughs> this is way harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just as a quick recap for folks, um, this is our weekly get together to talk about products, talk about life, talk about career choices. Um, last time's episode, episode six, was about how to be effective as a product manager. Uh, prior to that, we talked about failure. We talked about becoming a product manager. We talked about the job itself. I thought we did a really good job getting into the nitty gritty, like what day to day, you know, makes a difference and what can make a difference over time in terms of getting, getting something done. Um, so go listen to episode six for folks who have not. Um, this week, actually, we want to pick up on a topic that we brought up. I can't remember which episode, but we talked about, I think Samir, you talked about sort of riding these S curves, mm. right? Like if you are at the end of the S curve and you don't know it, Boy, you're in, you're in for a bad time. Or or conversely, if you're a super super early, as you might have been in whatever year that was, trying to build a touchscreen, right? Uh, uh, you know, operating system. If you're just super super early in the S curve, you're also kind of screwed. And so we want to talk about trends. Um, specifically, there's two trends. Well, hopefully, this hopefully this will be a repeat episode. There's actually I think many more than two uh, that matter. Um, but specifically, there's two trends that are one is very topical, and I think one is under talked about, especially in the US. So the first trend we want to get into is about Bitcoin. And the second trend we want to get into is about China, uh, two very different trends on very different timescales, but um, I think will lead to lots of interesting learnings. Yeah. So let's By the way, DZ, I, I love that you do our intro. Because we can just sit here and it's pretty good, right? Benefit from you it's doing. So yeah, I'm, I'm just, Do you I just think this. about this stuff before. No, or are I mean, you just radioing it right now? Are you doing it live? Yeah, more or less. Yes. Okay. I mean, when did it's, I? It's have almost there, right? It's it's, it's almost like you went to a really really good school. Yeah, yeah. Hey, which school did you go to, Avi? I forgot. Which school yeah, prepares him for this? Massachusetts. <laughs> oh. MIT. Was, oh, MIT. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, that's Ryan why he's so bit. smart. Ryan yeah. Bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, glad we, we got... I'm glad we did early this time. Yeah, we got it early. I got it out of the way. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. So let's talk about Bitcoin. Let's start trying. Let me just tee this up real quick. Um, I looked up the stats right before this. So in uh, September of 2016, the total valuation of Bitcoin was 10 billion. Okay. Just remember these numbers. 10 billion. Uh, three years later, September 2019, it was 150, so 15x, right? Right now, it's around nine, 900 billion. By the way, I'm, all, I'm only including Bitcoin. I'm not including the whole. And, and it know, had space. reached a trillion at some point, so That's you can right. just yeah, count yeah, yeah, that, exactly. and it's close yeah, enough. Yeah, sure. close enough. So, so roughly yeah. speaking, in you know, so 10, 150, 900, 
let's just call it, you know, let's just call yeah. it, uh, you know, a twenty x growth over about five years, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's what we're talking about here. This used to be a weird, frankly, maybe it still is to some people, a weird little side project that nobody understood. I, I think it still might be a weird side project to lots of it's people. It's not, that, man. It's but not. but it is a real scale, right? This yeah. is real, really yeah. scaled up. Let's talk about it. Let's hear some early thoughts about like where are we uh, with and can Bitcoin? Can we admit? And can we admit that none of us are technically competent about this subject? Hundred percent. Yes. One hundred percent. Yes. We are the we are the classic traditional PM. Don't really know what we're talking about, but talking about it anyways on this on this topic here. That's exactly what we're doing <laughs> with with only one data point too. Yeah. Just with one data point. <laughs> yeah. From one data point, look, look. All you need is two dots for a, a trend, right. right? Okay. Yeah. We're we convincing though. We are. So, what was the last? What was the last number you gave in terms? Nine hundred billion. So we're around nine hundred to a. Let's call it between nine hundred trillion. I think the exact numbers don't really matter. But we went from basically we went from ten billion, which is kind of rounding error, right, in, in the world, yeah. to plus or minus a trillion dollars in five years. That's real. Um, yeah. Like your parents will talk to you about this at this point, right? Yeah. So where are we? Okay. What are your thoughts? And and I think just to make sure we get to the point, like. As a PM, as someone who's building products in the world, as someone who's looking for problems, we talked about all this stuff in the past, what should the typical PM be thinking about as they look at this? Okay, let me start off with some real world experience here. So I lost a lot of money on Bitcoin um, when I panic sold once, but I also made uh, some money on Bitcoin I guess paper because I haven't sold yet. So I, you know, it would be interesting. It'd be good for us to sort of just go around and be like, A, did you dabble in this? And when did you dabble in this since? Because for me, I I actually heard about it from someone that got into it, I don't know, like maybe 2016 or something. Mm. And they were, they had done phenomenally well. I was extremely intrigued by how a digital file could make you so rich. And, um, and, and sadly did not put in anything until 2017, bought one Bitcoin DZ. I remember telling you about it in our little pod, um, in, 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 in Mountain View, saw it go from 5,000 to 20,000 crash back down to four or whatever, whatever, whatever that crash was, you know, crashed later. And then just forgot about it until it recently now went up to, you know, 64,000 and then now at 48. Um, So I've been through a lot of the wild swings. And there's one thing that's interesting is that there's a lot of psychology involved here because every time it drops, I get scared that it's going to go to zero. Mm. And then every time it's rising, I'm like, I got to buy more. And guess what? Next time it drops, I'm going to buy even more. And Mm. then when it drops, I'm like, this is going back to zero. So why am I going to buy? So it's it's a very... (laughs) You know, okay, this is a good way to yeah. start. So as you, let's just yeah. talk about how we all learned about the thing and then where we are personally. And then we'll, and then actually let's get into like what she used. So, so I, I, I learned about this a totally different way. Um, there was a bunch of smart people that I worked with at LinkedIn who all went to Coinbase in 2018, right? Actually, no, I think they went in 2017, right? So I, I had, I had left LinkedIn. I'd gone to Google a year later, you know, they had uh, a, a cohort of them had gone off to uh, Coinbase. Really smart people. Some of the some of the really foundational people that built um, 
uh, especially the monetization side of LinkedIn as it is today. And so I was like, huh, if all these smart people are going to Coinbase, maybe I should go learn more about Coinbase, right? Right? Didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> I mean, like the signal was there. In fact, I had a conversation with my ex-boss who went to Coinbase um, and now leads their uh, data team about this. And it just didn't dawn on me at the time to like look into this further. So, you know, the thing smacked me in the face, so to speak, in 2018 and me being completely oblivious Missed all the signs. I later then bought some, I want to say in 2019 or 2020, not much, just enough to like force myself to, you know, participate and like start paying attention. Um, so that's my get hit in the face by something and then don't read any of the signs and miss it altogether story. Avi. So I... I think this story is appropriate for the pod, but the way I first heard about Bitcoin was a friend of mine was using Bitcoin in the early 2010s to purchase wow. illicit materials. So, <laughs> which should not be mentioned. Which should not be mentioned. But but you know it, it was kind of like you went first, Avi, because <laughs> I have the, almost the exact same story, but I was going to use far more explicit terminology. Okay, so so basically, you know, this this friend was able to you know exchange like CVS gift cards by Bitcoin, and it was essentially a way to do this anonymously and order these uh, illicit materials by mail without being traced back. So, you know, it was it was interesting to me because it was like a system where it's like oh like here's actually this this unit of money and where some of those original properties of bitcoin were actually serving him well right and it was it, it kind of piqued my interest then uh the second time i got exposed to bitcoin was when i was working in the movie industry and i came across this fascinating story of this guy named ross ulbricht i think is how you say his name hmm. who had built this underground website called the silk road hmm. and it was essentially the ebay of again illicit materials right but you could buy anything you could do so anonymously you could buy anything from passports. You would know, Avi. You I would. Heard. I would not. That's know. what I, I want. I had just. Yeah. You. Yes, you yes, only I heard. Would, I. I had just. Yeah, heard he read this. about this in Fortune magazine. Um, right? it's just... in, in fact, I wish I would known earlier. I, I only found out because Ross got caught. Right. So the FBI hmm. had this whole sting operation. Ross got brought in and essentially brought down this like huge empire that had been built off of the back of Bitcoin. And I would say this was a miss for me because at the time, like, I was fascinated by the power of Bitcoin. Right. Like how far this guy had gotten like how well used this currency had been, how much commerce had gone through it. And I didn't do anything about it. I just thought, you know, let me try and make a movie about this guy, but didn't think about the, the potential of Bitcoin. And then it kind of fell off my radar until it came, you know, I, I think DZ probably around the same time it came on yours, where it became a much more legitimate product, where you had companies like Coinbase that were, that were trading Bitcoin. Totally. Um, and it started being treated more like a stock. But I'd say that early on, I saw the, the power of Bitcoin <clears throat> as a currency, which I think actually ironically has been lost Right? I don't think it really acts like that. I don't think people are really using it for transactions. Mm -hmm. And again, these were illicit transactions. There's, there's a reason. Um, but I would say like that initial fascination is probably not the case for most people anymore. I, this brings back so many memories, right? Because I remember prior to 2018, I, I think you, you bring up a good point. Like I learned about this before 2018 for sure, right? But everything I learned up to that point was like Mount Gox, people getting scammed, yeah. buying yeah. drugs, you know, the dark web. And it was yeah. just like, you know, like it, it, it didn't have enough legitimacy for me to want to get into it. Basically. Yeah, I think it delegitimized it for me. I think by the time like 2018 came around, I was like, wait, this is the same thing that 
was used for drugs, like this is not going anywhere, right? Until mm. until the, the purpose changed, right? It became an investment vehicle rather than totally. a transaction. Store vehicle. of value, yeah. Yeah. It's like the opposite of what happened to OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The third trend we should discuss this week. That's right. That's right. Ahmad, so tell us your story. How did you come to learn about this? Where are you with it? Okay, I'm going to start it by saying I'm sorry, Samir's mom and Samir's coworkers for the... <laughs> no, I need to apologize. Just tell us the story. Uh, it's, I mean, it's very similar to Avi's story. Um, you know, I'm going to take you back to the days where I was in college. Um, and, um, you know, college is a crazy place. And uh, <laughs> wow! Listen, man. <laughs> Look, we. I had a friend who was. Um, I'm glad you had a friend. It was always a friend. Well, yeah, hundred. It's always right. a, like, right. It's always right. a friend. I had a, I had a friend who was buying and and uh, buying drugs in the mail. Um, so a super sketchy operation. Uh, would find someone on the dark web. Uh, buy it in mail and then have it sent to you know this guy's house, and uh, this person um, you know explained to me that the way that he paid for things was with Bitcoin, and I didn't know what Bitcoin was. And then um, he was a little bit different though. He he was a proponent of Bitcoin, like you know one of these guys are like if you happen to like run into them in the hallway, they'll like trip your ear up for an hour and a half about why Bitcoin is better. You should put all your money in Bitcoin and stop putting your money in anything else. Um, sent me like the paper by um, Satoshi something, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And um, and uh, you know, I read the paper. Uh, thought it was really interesting, um, but um, and by the way, do you want me to give my opinions on the matter or just like the story? Both. Please okay. okay. uh, The thing that I always have a hard time. Believe me. I'm not a I'm not a diehard Bitcoin person for what it's worth. The thing that I've always gotten hung up on is since since man threw sticks, the currency has always been defined by government organizations, um, and I find it just highly unbelievable that uh, that that will ever change. Um, even if even if money is a cur- digital currency. We hey, youngin, how could you think that, man? <laughs> I know, right? Like what would you, you of all people should think right? the opposite. Exactly. Stick it to the man. <laughs> I look, I, I'm not people. saying it's, I'm not saying it's right, by the way. I, I do think, I, I think if Bitcoin could actually be implemented in the world, it, it would do a lot of good, especially for like uh, countries like, you know, I have a lot of friends who are Lebanese um, and they got wrecked. Right. Like money that was worth like, I don't know, a million dollars is now worth like 30 grand. It wasn't I don't know if it was that bad, but you get my point. Like money that they've worked for all their life is now worth nothing Mm. because of a few political people who just like burned the economy down to the ground. Um, And so I think I think uh, if if Bitcoin were truly widely accepted, like it'd be great for for the world because, you know, it, you the money you make is the money you keep and it's the true value of it based on like you know what the glo- uh, what what the world thinks about it but at the end of the day your government your like the land you sit on is still owned by and run by a government entity that dis- will ultimately decide what is a uh acceptable tender uh tender at you know for uh, such oh, a for yeah. such a cool young guy you're yeah, such yeah, a exactly. rule stickler what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah, exactly. i was like, surprised 
especially it's just, look, look, especially like let's let's just take that argument. Uh, let me play devil's advocate for a second on that argument, Amat, which is, you know, you're you're arguing that people are bound to their geography in a, at, at least in some ways, right? I'm saying people are bound to the to the governments that are responsible for that geography. But yes. Okay. Yes. People are bound to the governments responsible for geography. But I, I think the um, uh, the the opposing narrative would be how bound are we today to geography? Right. Within reason. You know, I mean, obviously we live in the U.S. and, you know, we, we operate in, uh, you know, openly with a certain number of countries. But like, I, I, I feel that 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 uh, that tie to a, a specific location, you know, for an entire life where everything is tied to that location, that that feels like it's going away. Like I'm much more mobile today than I think my okay. parents were and they were more mobile than their parents. Um, I have three things to talk about that hopefully will lead to teach us Samir stuff here. Okay. I think, I think in terms of <clears throat> trends, these you started us off, like what should PMs think about? I think one of the things that mm. if, if, even if you just cap the discussion of what we talked about right now, one of the things we all mentioned was at some point, this was a joke to us and then it became substantial. Not that, and especially not that long ago. It's not like not that long was, ago. Yeah. When we're like five yeah. years old, there was a joke. Well, yeah. except for Ahmad. So, but right. but also also you know not not all of us went to MIT but all of us are reasonably <laughs> smart people Reasonable. and 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 we all you know at some point we all thought this ain't it but yeah. then to a large extent this became you know quite big so I think there's one one part which is um, it's really hard to tell when something goes from zero to hero so to speak yep. um, and amongst a sea of things that are zero it's hard to tell you know, that one particular thing. Now, a lot of the, the diehard fans will tell you, of course they saw it, but then that's sort of survivor bias because a lot of diehard fans will tell you that something's going to go to, you know, go go big. And then if it does, then in retrospect, they're right. So I think one of this, one of these challenges is like the, the, the challenges of recognizing what's going to go from toy to trend or, you know, to, to get to scale. The second thing is I think the, the use cases, think back to PM, the use cases, what, what Bitcoin serves right now have have evolved and therefore become more valuable right from mm -hmm. uh avi and ahmad not them of course not their them friends, course. friends buying things uh, not them someone they know right yeah, yeah not them of course right but their friends buying buying things that uh you know their parents would be proud mm -hmm. of to um to to what today is essentially digital gold or gold in the cloud or whatever you want to call it you know gold yep. not physical gold but some some store value in, in um, in, in, in digital terms, um, that use case has become, has evolved and therefore become more valuable. Yep. And then the third thing I'll say is, you know, if you look at a lot of the discussions now around blockchain, but also around like, um, some of the, the popular coins, uh, Bitcoin itself, in some cases, um, they're thinking about it as a platform, right? As a platform, a computing for, platform, a computing platform, yeah. more in Ethereum, but like, you know, they're thinking about it as a platform and, 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 and it is a use for not be, like beyond just currency, um, you know, yeah. and that's where that could even, even take the, the trend and the value of it even higher. So let's so, go, let's go through each of these. Uh, I, I definitely want to take issue with the second one, right? Like, and I think the third one is actually where things become critical. Oh, we can go so through each of them wait, one by one. Let's go, yeah, let's go through yeah. one by one. Cause I think that was a good way. That was a great layout. Great job, Samir. Great, great, great uh, way to sort of structure. Thank you, DZ. Means a lot coming from you actually. Totally. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yes. Okay. Look, so here's the thing. Like, <laughs> Let's take my story as an example, but we actually heard this a few times. I think Avi, you said something similar, which was like, 
this thing in 2015, sure. Like who knows, right? Like, like you said, that was really in the zero days of this trend, right? Like really, you know, it, it was the wild west. Um, uh, so picking, figuring this, that figuring out that this was going to be a hero in 2015, unless you had real foresight or real belief is very difficult to do. Right. But then a lot of us, several of us re-engaged with this thing in late 2018, right? By which time it had 15 next. So, you know, in a weird way, the signs were there, right? The signals were there. Like when something 15x is in the real world, it's hard to 15x anything in the real world without some intrinsic value, right? At that scale, right? So I feel like maybe that's one of the lessons here is that like, short picking things up at the very, very beginnings of S-curve, you know, you have to have real foresight or have real belief and conviction, but you don't need to. You can just wait five years or three years and then see how that trend chart looks. And then you're still early. So 2018 would have still, I mean, I would argue today even, you would still have been early in this cycle, but you had de-risked it considerably because you waited and just, you just waited for the data point to come out. I, I, I want to challenge something. Oh yeah, yeah, please go for it. So by the way, this is, I know I just gave a bear argument. I'll give a bull argument for a second. Um, the, I think the foreign transactions like the total market size of foreign transactions is like 6.6 .6 trillion, right? And if you argue that maybe like, I don't know, a majority of foreign transactions use cases could be replaced by something like Bitcoin, I'd argue you're still early um, if that's the belief that you have. And, you know, as someone who uses Bitcoin for not for like, I don't know, anything other than like financial gains, buy, unlike Samir, I buy low and I sell high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'd say I'm now's a great time to invest. <laughs> <laughs> now's a great time to invest. Um, I want to argue uh, another point for a second, which is I will argue kind of the point that I was originally making, but I'll take it further, that I think Bitcoin has become less useful over time, but more valuable. I would oh, say that interesting. I would say that nothing has been proven by Bitcoin. There is nothing you can do today with Bitcoin that you can't do other ways. Uh, as I would say, as, as cheaply or as easily, right? Like I, I don't think there are any use cases um, that are exclusive to Bitcoin. I want you guys to prove me wrong. Mm. And I would argue that in the day, in the early 2010s, where you could buy things off the Silk Road, it was far more useful than it was today as an actual currency. Mm. I think if you look at Samir's framework, um, I think two actually hasn't happened, that Bitcoin has increased in value, but decreased in use. And that if that third point about it, about cryptocurrency in general or blockchain um, becoming a platform doesn't happen, I would say that there actually is no S-curve, that you have a solution looking for a problem, mm. um, but that you have scarcity, right? So I, I think the one thing that, that Bitcoin in particular or cryptocurrencies have gotten right is they've created scarcity, but I think that most people can't actually name a use for them. Wait, wait, wait. so let's start with one use case. So I think your argument here, Avi, is that, which, which I think we could not dispute, is that all the use cases of Bitcoin have other solutions, right? Yeah. But specifically in the use case of store value, do you feel like that Bitcoin is a superior solution? And the only reason it's superior is because baked into the code is the inability to create more liquidity. Like the liquidity is capped, unlike, you know, the Argentinian... What's the Argentinian currency? I can't remember, but you know, you, you know my point. Yes, right? yes, you can't you can't deflate it. But but so did it. gold had that too, right? Gold still has that, 
right? So we, we have uh-huh. other stores of currency that are finite. Um, now, got, the fact that this is you got to like store chunks of metal somewhere. Yes. And, and so, but right? like, but is that really a problem? Right? Like, yeah, like, man. people. It's a huge problem. Yeah, yeah. Where store value store... is a huge problem. Yes. Where are you going to store? But oh. I mean, we, we, for instance, we've tied currency to gold before. Right. So like mm-hmm. in some ways we, we've solved this problem by saying the dollar is tied to the it's you not, actually have to have a supply. Of but, gold. That, but then the Fed can just print two trillion dollars of currency without overhead. Right. OK, right? so I'd right. say like maybe maybe we've, we've altered the. The ability to deflate and we've done so in a digital way. Right. So, yes. OK, is that exactly. so, so like it's, it's so we've created it's easy store. to transfer. Right. I, I, like to say bluntly, if I need to get on a flight today and flee the US, I can carry a thumb drive with me and my Bitcoin, right? And I can go somewhere else in the world and liquidate this thing if I want. Ah, sure. Right? Kind of. But first of all, uh, that's very unsafe. If you lose the thumb drive, buy that's by true. Bitcoin, that's right? True. So that's, that's true. pretty dangerous. Um, yes. So there's inefficiencies there. Second of all, uh, the actual transaction costs for Bitcoin are pretty high these days. Also so true. it's not that easy just to simply transfer. Whoa, and whoa, whoa. Okay, are, prove here. me wrong here. here. No, no. Okay, but actually, I, I do want to say, Avi, your point is is excellent. yeah. You have a very good point. Yeah, your We're point just is excellent. Your, your point parts. is actually, you know, if you look at the things that Bitcoin uniquely solved, or was supposed to, I solve. actually, uh, sorry, go ahead. Or was supposed to solve. Or was supposed, to, yeah, but yes, supposed to for sure, and then even practically solve, like buying stuff off, you know, illicit marketplaces. I, I think from that perspective, yes, it has become less useful in a number of use cases it could uniquely do. However, I think it has indexed onto one of the use cases that that has proved it to be valid. So one thing, one way to think about this is it went from um, like a use case where it was uniquely valuable, but that use case itself was quite limited in scale because not a lot of people are doing this to- Buying drugs. buying drugs right right right. none of us here do it right yeah um definitely not um to to a use case where to to maybe even a narrower use case um i would argue no no i would argue store value is a very broad use case no 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 no, no. broadly broadly applicable oh no no, broadly applicable like you can't you can't you know you can't buy blah 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 illicit but you could you could store value it's a narrower use case in that it's one use case, whatever, yes. but it's shared by a gazillion. This is that, if you go back to that like value proposition thing, it's like, yes. you know, super high coverage. Exactly. Uh, and super high value. Yeah, half the planet at some point will want right. to store right. value safely. I mean, yeah. I, agree, I, I mean, I agree with your argument that like there's lots of aspects of storing value that Bitcoin actually makes worse, Yeah. right? It's actually worse than gold. It's actually worse than dollar in several different ways. But then there are a, f- there are a few elements of Bitcoin with regards to store value that are legitimately better. And I think people are still trying to figure out that that trade-off between like the things I'm sacrificing with the dollar versus the thing I'm gaining with Bitcoin. Yeah. And and I think by the way, like like if Bitcoin sold for scarcity alone, that might mm. be enough in terms of store value, right? Like that might be seems to, to be justify. so far, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I also think that like there's a fundamental misunderstanding of cryptocurrency, blockchain, Bitcoin, and that a lot of the investment you see is actually a result of, of people feeling some sort of FOMO, totally. which is, again, is not a yeah. bad thing. But I don't think people are actually saying that this is the future of computing. Therefore, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. I, 
I think future of competing, more people are gravitating towards other coins. Yes. Um, but but I I, I see. What, I mean, yeah, it hasn't proven out the other use cases yet. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your your point yeah. stands. In fact, the other use cases from the early days of Bitcoin have eroded, or largely yeah. gone away. Right. You're left with like one use case yes. for Bitcoin itself. I, and I, I think I think the one the thing I'm most interested in, right? Like the reason the reason I do remain like really engaged here is because of the rest of the use cases. I don't think they've proven themselves yet. I think they have the potential to. I think like things like smart contracts have the ability to change tons of businesses, right? The idea of like, like smart escrows um, are fascinating. But I will, I think to me, like I'm really waiting for the next few years to see if that actually happens or not, right? Are those vitamin problems or painkiller problems as we discussed the other week? And is this, do we need these solutions, right? Are, are these painful enough? The world needs Bitcoin, man. The world needs Samir, Ethereum. Samir the world needs, more needs people it to buy all. Bitcoin to yeah, recoup his we loss. Hype man right? I, I'm not sitting on a about. loss here, guys. I don't know where this meme's coming from. I wish I bought 2017. I'm a huge fan of Bitcoin. I wish I bought more. Didn't you wish you bought more? Oh, no, no, oh. totally. And, and by, by the way, like in terms <laughs> of like an investment, oh, I wish I had bought more, right? right? Like, like, yes, 100%. Yeah. But like, do I think there's use protecting my investment no mm. right like I, but that that's not needed necessarily i just think i think what i'm taking issue with is the idea that like uh value equals use i think in this case you see a big disconnect between that well actually you're not even arguing that just to be very clear you're not even arguing that the usage has declined you're arguing that the the use cases has declined the use yes. case yeah, right? I think, uh, yeah so there's one yeah. use case left but it's shared yes. by many more people exactly but it, used to, it, it started with a small number of people, many more use cases. Yes. Broad okay. and shallow. Yeah. yeah. Broad and shallow. Now it's narrow and 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 yeah. You know, so they they very, changed the game on you. Like you you bought in thinking this is but, something different, and then one day you woke up and found it turned out to be you know gold with some weirdness. But like, the, is is store of value a use case for stocks? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So then then yes. Then I think then I think that's an, a valid use case. I think. Yeah. I think. I think the interesting thing about what you're saying, Avi, which by the way is, is a very fantastic point, um, just to add, add to it, uh, is if everyone in the world um, also saw just that the, the only use case was to store value, what would that actually do to the value of Bitcoin? Because I think it would I go think, up, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so you're saying like if everybody in the world thought this, that the only use case was to store value, yes. right? like that's it. That's the only thing that will ever do forever. You think the value of Bitcoin would go up? Yeah. Yeah. Think about treasuries. Think about the U.S. treasuries market. Like that's, that's exactly entirely it. about that's the it's only solves one thing. The, but right. like, I'll look up the numbers real quick. What are you guys talking about? Well, there's there's this there's, you know, there's these stats on like how much how much debt there is, how many, you know, how much debt there is that, that are there's basically negative yield debt, um, like bonds that are just, you know, negative yield. And that's basically people trying to preserve value in a very inefficient way. If people realize that Bitcoin was worth, you know, or Bitcoin equals store of value, they would see, you know, a shift in Bitcoin. We would all see a shift in Bitcoin. And I, I think this is actually a really useful like product principle too, which is when you go from potentially a lot of use cases with shallow usage in each to like one use case with like dominant um, you know, usefulness or, or or applicability or understanding of that use case, that clarity drives more value. Actually, yes. Abby, you brought up a really good point because I didn't consider this like part of the values comes from the crystallization or understanding of what use it's serving now. Um, 
what about store of value to use, right? Like for instance, like if something is a store of value, but there's significant friction to spending or trading, like, like for instance, like how easy is it to buy a pizza with your Bitcoin? Terrible. But you wouldn't yeah. and never case, right? buy a pizza with your Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, come on. By the way, I, I, I just I, I don't <laughs> think that argument just as just as one data point. Yeah. There's about twenty. There's twenty two trillion dollars of outstanding U.S. Treasuries, right? Which have yeah. very low yield. But one of the reasons people buy them is because the U.S. government is not going to go out of business, and tomorrow I can come back and get dollars for it, yeah. or I can get you know trade it, right? But, and you can't buy it. you can't buy pizza with this thing either, right? Like nobody's <laughs> buying pizza with U.S. Treasuries, right? But but I, if everybody in the world just thought of this thing as a way to part, you know, plant their money, right? Like yes. same thing with the U.S. Treasury, right? The returns would also be like the U.S. Treasury. But it could take over. The, so think about all of the things people today to try to store value safely: gold, treasuries, land. I mean, there's we can argue how much of this. You know, there's a lot of arguments here to make. But I would argue the the market size. Yeah. The the need yes. for store value is hundred trillion. You know, it's it's some yeah. two order yeah. of magnitude higher. Yeah. Right. Right. So if everyone right. decided, hey, this is a better way to do that because like you can't deflate it. It's yeah. it's insured at the level of code, which you know, do you want something backed by code? Or do you want something backed by the US government? That's a different debate. But it, it's secured in a different way. That's right. Like even if half of the world's use case for store value transferred on Bitcoin, the price would go up a hundredfold, right? That's right. And because of its inherent deflationary nature, or you know, or non-deflationary half, nature, right? Well, it, uh, yeah, non-inflationary. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Non-inflationary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's a cap on the number of coins, as others continue to print, I mean, you know, your your value is stored in relative terms to whatever whatever you're going to ultimately trade it into. Um, when that use case becomes dominant, it's, so. it's interesting that you guys. I, I I wonder how much of this is you know. Oh, so far, so I, we're not going to get to the China discussion today, which is totally fine. I'm, I'm glad we dug deep into this because I I feel like we found some product learnings here. But it's interesting yeah. that your your guys's perception of the value intrinsic to the ability to store value was actually relatively low when we started this conversation. No, I right? thought it was I mean, huge. For, no, no, for no, what it's worth, huge. Uh, uh, but for what it's worth, I. I said, I said, if you, I said, I compared it to the, the uh, foreign transaction market. And I said, if, if, you, if you imagined it as like the foreign transaction market and you went even beyond that, right? I said, you should invest. Yeah. I think the thing I'm trying to say is once it gets closer to that, whatever number you spit out, right? It's like a hundred tr- trillion. That's when, I, in my opinion, the returns are less favorable than, you know, sure. anything else. That you oh, sure. Think. I mean, at some point you said so right now they're favorable. Right? But, yeah. 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 Hey, so you know how you know last time we like renamed the the little Zoom screens here. Can we rename Ahmad's to be the oldest young guy? Because that's totally hundred percent the oldest young guy I know. What 100%. is this guy doing? No Bitcoin. No, yeah. <laughs> but for what it's worth, I'm actually heavily invested in Bitcoin and <laughs> Ethereum. <laughs> so, so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing I find so interesting about that observation from Avi and Ahmad, which is when I think about the problem of being able to store value safely. There's like not that many human problems that go back to the beginning of humanity, right? And this is one of them, right? Like this, this is this. I mean, Ahmad, what you had a weird quote like since man threw sticks. I don't even know why since that makes man any threw sense. Sticks. I guess it, the better way of saying it is since man invented money, it's been now, it's been a thing. Prior prior to man inventing money, storing a value was also a problem, right? Literally, any time you, you have create, to like save like, your grain or save. No, it, yeah, exactly. At point. any point. 
when you could create more than you could consume, which is relatively early, which is a good thing, by the way, if you think about humans, that's how we became who we are in as a species. But like at some point you could create more than you can consume. At that instant, storage of value became a problem. DZ has gone to first principles of human history. I am <laughs> I'm just saying, it's weird. it's weird that like the perception of storage of value is not valuable. That was weird. I was surprised. I was surprised to hear that. Yeah. But I, uh, okay, I'm going to be curious here. Why is that a like do, do you guys have problems with storage of value today? Like well, I think are you, once, yeah, go Oh, on. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go go ahead. Are, are you saying like hey, do do we have a problem where there's like dollars floating around and we're trying to like store them and <laughs> the bank's not good? No, no. no. We, well, we like are, are they that. actively and, and okay, like are your dollars yeah, like what is, what is the problem? It's inflation. Yes. It's yeah. like that's what we're trying to fight against here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look, it's it's if you think about balance, like one way to think about it is everything in the stock market. There's a lot of people I know who are like everything in the stock market, you know, that's it. Right. Or yeah. and then you think about like, oh, well, there's real estate. And you think about a, a diversified portfolio. Yes. Nah, I sound like the old person. Right. But like, why is it not all in meme stocks? Right. But, but if you think about a diversified portfolio, having some, you know, of, of your, of your money or your value stored in, in a place where it's not going to go up a lot and not going to go down a lot yes, is a useful, what, right. but, but hold you know, on. Is, a, is a useful part of that portfolio mix. But let me pause you there. Yeah. Are we describing the same Bitcoin? No, no. So the volatility. Oh, yeah. The volatility. Right? Okay. So I volatility. Mean... So you're not talking about volatility necessarily. No, no. I'm saying, I think the ideal version of this thing is not volatile. So, yeah. like, like, like the ideal store of value is not so volatile, right? Okay. Like, I think has, what he's trying to say is ideally it stops becoming volatile after he makes a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. Wait, that, that, At least that's 10x, the thing and then stop, yeah. stop yeah. swinging. But I think that's, that's what I'm getting at here, right? Like, is the reason people are getting in because it keeps going up? I think right? like hard to tell, man. Yeah, I mean, oh, that is why yeah. I'm I mean, getting I, in. I, personally. Yeah, no, but, <laughs> just, <laughs> but just to be just like, to be clear, like the moment like, it's stable, I'm out. Just that's yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but 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 think about it this way. Think about it this way. There are different instruments available for short-term storage of value preservation and long-term storage of value preservation. Yeah. Like if you think about um, like if if you need cash tomorrow. The best way to store don't it buy is Bitcoin. Cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. it's, yes, yes. it's cash. Exactly. Yeah. So if you if need you to buy need pizza, it, this is not it. Yeah. yeah. Don't, if don't you store need, your value. If you need to store value for the next year, like whatever, maybe I'm making it like you know, there's a U.S. Treasury that'll store value relatively, sure. whatever. But if you want to store something for 20 years, 10 years. Yeah, and and that's I think one of the biggest criticisms of Bitcoin too. It hasn't proven itself. That's right. That's over right. the long term. Yeah. And but that's one, one thing the dollar has, right? So the dollar has several hundred years at this point of and gold has. And, and, and so one of the one of the speculative things about Bitcoin is that it's being touted as a long-term storage value despite not being around for is, a long That's the term. best counter-argument. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, wait. This is fascinating. I did not even know half the stuff when we started. So I wanted to... I've been waiting to give this point because I gave it to you guys over text. Yeah, I was, I've was. i been ago. waiting for this point too. And you oh, wait. You yeah, texted us something point? during this I, thing? I did. I, no, right, I texted right you something a long time ago, and you completely ignored it. Bitcoin advocate, oh, probably. Okay. I said, <laughs> tell, tell us now. Tell us now. I, I, I told you my read in uh, you know my uh, uh, ear to the ground with Gen Z is that Gen Z does not. Oh, f yeah. with Bitcoin. Get get the this guy off. Get this guy uh, off the screen. Who is talking about Gen Z doesn't care because and, because of the 
the uh, it's so bad for the environment. And, uh-huh. and I, I have I have this I have the text pulled up so I can read it out. So um, Ahmad, would you name the, your source? Uh, no, I can't. I can't. Gotta stay By the way, you know, with all the viewers we have, I'm sure this next stat I give is probably gonna crash my value of Bitcoin. Um, you know, with all the 60 viewers we've got. But you're just gonna bleep it out. Uh, so uh, yeah, bleep but, hey, it out. <laughs> but this is but even Ahmad, even this story is interesting, right? Because yeah. like if what we're arguing for is all these other use utilities and use cases of Bitcoin evaporated, and what you're left with is store value, and you happen to just naturally have more value to store when you get older, right? So, you know, there's this interesting uh, observation that people have made that like people all start off as Democrats and they turn 40 and they become Republicans. Like, I wonder if your sources for this information will change their tune. Okay, let them say, yeah, value. that's a good point. No. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point, DZ. That's a okay, good point. I, ha- I have a thought there, but let me let me say the stat first and then I'll, I'll give you my sense there. So a single Bitcoin transaction uses the same amount of power that an average American household consumes in an entire month and is responsible for responsible for roughly a million times more carbon emissions than a single visa transaction. Okay. I, you know what? I'm going, I'm going to turn my light off to reduce the power consumption of somebody, my house. Somebody's, okay. So, one of our so, pod listeners who I, knows more yeah. than we do. Please DZ, turn your lights this. off. I, 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 I'll off, send DZ. you, I'll send you the article. I have it. You know, I linked you the article when I think I sent it. So just a heads up. <laughs> well, we can do the math myself. here though. Like the, the amount of power a house uses in a month is like in the megawatts. A million times more carbon emissions than a single visa transaction. Think about how many visa transactions there are. Look, is this fake huh. news or is this real? I don't know. Oh, oh my gosh. Here's the number. Here's the number. So, so what we're saying, so I'm, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, I'm turning my so light back on. If it uses the same amount of power as a house in a month, we're talking about 900 kilowatts. Right? Okay, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you guys have a frame of reference for what, what a kilowatt is, but we'll put, in the, we'll put in the show notes. All I'm saying is, like, I think this it feels unbelievable. Uh, Ahmad's point is generally right, though, which but is point is generally right. Yeah, yeah, which which it's, is which is there. There are a lot of environmental concerns. Yeah, it recently tanked the value of Bitcoin from, or one of was one of the reasons why Bitcoin fell from sixty four thousand down to twenty eight thousand not too long ago. Now it's creeped back up to forty eight thousand. But Ahmad's right. There are unsolved environmental concerns about the use of Bitcoin, and you know, I think. I'm really hoping that that problem gets solved so that the price can continue to go up. Tell us more, so, Ahmad. So let me, yeah, let me, let me finish up my thing. Cause I want to leave you with something. If you park your money in Bitcoin, you're basically taking a knife to the planet and stabbing it. Wait, wait, only if you transact though, right? If you just <laughs> leave Who's it in transacting? There. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you transact, right. But if you're buying and selling and buying oh, and selling. Well, who's yeah, doing this? Right? I'm saying most of us, again, if it's just a store value utility, Right. It goes in. You don't you take it out very rarely. It's like a treasury. Like how often do you sell treasuries? Right. Right. I'm just I am. I'm just giving you full disclosure. OK. OK. Right? OK. OK. All right. Okay. The, this, the, the second thing I was going to say, and this, this I think goes to your point, uh, DZ, I think I don't think, you know, the boomers were like Bitcoin, you know, like put all your money in Bitcoin. It was yeah. definitely like the next generation and millennials specifically. Right. And I think this next generation. And by the way, I think. A lot of the hype around Bitcoin, I don't think we even touched on this theme. And I think this is like something for PMs to think about as they build products is like, I think the hype is about taking something that's in the physical world and bring it into the, to a virtual yes. world. Yes. That's, that's yes. the hype, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and this next generation is all about that, you know, yeah. all about, mm-hmm. and if they don't fuck with Bitcoin, should you? Yes. 
it's it's a great point because <laughs> we're the ones who brought it in the value right it is the next generation which you know like really value the environment because you know we we dealt them a bunch of bad cards now um now Ahmad, if you, if you show go- your wallet more we'll be able to read your credit card number on the air and, and you don't want that to happen so <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it makes it point. easier for us to buy bitcoin off of uh, <laughs> speaking of transacting yeah <laughs> Samir, I th- we, we got to wrap. We got to wrap. So this this is great, though. I I feel like we we got pretty deep into this. I feel yeah, like this we is great. Learning. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do this again. Let's do this again. There's there's other trends I want us to dig into and really think about. Yeah. Both for their immediate product learnings and also because I think, you know, if you're kind of on the wrong side of these trends, don't be on the wrong side of these trends is, is the point. Don't, don't yeah. be late to the mobile game. Okay. In our usual fashion, let's do carve outs and then we'll wrap. Okay. I'll, I'll go first. Um, the world is a, is, has always been a, a dangerous and messy place. Mm. Recent events have, you know, made that clear yet again. Uh, and so I, you know, of course, like I'm, I'm, I'm very sad about what's going on. And I, the counterpart of the, about that is I'm also feeling very uh, blessed about the security and stability that I enjoy oh, on a day-to-day basis. And I think gratitude is what is my, my car up for the day, which is it is so easy to lose sight of the basic, I can get food, water, safety, and, and shelter. Um, and um, I need to remind myself every day that that is one of the rarest combat to have all whatever, four or five of those things stably is, is, uh, yeah. is a lottery ticket. It really, mm. you know, that, 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 that's, that's, that's been one. So gratitude. 100. Can I, can I go next? Cause I think I have something that's actually kind of relevant um, or related to that. Um, and I might be repeating myself at this point. Honestly, I got to remember all, all the things that have been top of my mind last week's, but um, uh, there's a, there's this meditation in stoicism called you you live the dream life. Um, and it's a way of reminding yourself that to be grateful that, uh, you know, everything that you have, someone is dreaming about it and wishing that they had those things. Um, and I, something that's been on my mind a lot is how do you balance the half glass full versus half glass empty in your life? So that way you can push yourself to be better and achieve more, but, um, you know, still being grateful about it. So that's something that's been on mine. I feel like it complemented what Samir said. So I love that. I'll, I'll go next to DZ and take us out. Um, so big news in my life where we're moving from LA to Atlanta, which, which you guys know, but the pod doesn't. Um, so we're in the process of packing up our life and literally putting everything in the boxes. Um, but it, it it just strikes me almost on a daily basis, how much change comes with these positive feelings and these really negative, like anxious feelings, Mm. like change is both very exciting, um, but also really terrifying. Um, and that we're wired as humans to experience both with change. And ultimately change in my life has always led to good things, but like in the moment, it's super scary. Um, and so I've just been kind of embracing that where it's like, you know, it, it's nice to kind of look over the edge of a cliff every once in a while and, and be scared and excited. That's a great All one. All the best with the move, man. Yeah. That's, that's big news. Also, uh, just briefly on that, like, I, I think it speaks to like, sometimes you want to follow that feeling, right? Like that, yeah. that feeling is um, a signal. It's a clue in, in some ways and you want to follow it. Totally. Um, okay, I'll do one quick one and, and take us out. I, I, I love the starting uh, one, Samir, around gratitude. You know, uh, Dan Shapiro, he's uh, the CEO of LinkedIn. He's doing this short video series on LinkedIn. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. 
Um, it's you know, great. Just, I texted you about it this week. He's see. fantastic. Yeah. So one of the ones he did recently was about feedback. So next week we had to do annual reviews. I had to give this to my team. I'm making one as well. And it just reminded me, and I thought it was so on point that I just want to share with the pod. He, he basically said, feedback is never about making yourself feel better, right? Feedback is always about helping this person, uh, which like seems really obvious, right? Like that's, you know, that's, that should not be something we had to talk about, but I can recall a number of times when I, I was hurt and I want to get feedback and, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure the feedback did not have the effect that I thought it was going to have simply because my motivation for that feedback wasn't, wasn't right. So I just love that. So feedback is about helping, not about making yourself feel better. I love that future, future guests of the pod potentially. That's, yeah. That's for, that's for people listening for feedback. Uh, listening or giving feedback and listening to feedback, right? Sometimes yeah. people are giving you that's feedback because right. they want you to be better and you're taking it the wrong way. So uh, he had another, I mean, he has a whole series. His other, his other uh, short clip that's relevant here was when getting feedback, the feedback is always between 1% and 100% accurate, right? Somewhere between. So can you find the truth in the feedback? Can you make that truth useful to you? Can you sort of look between, you know, what the person is saying? And can you not react to it kind of in a very emotional, uh, primitive sense? Anyhow, so yes, we should find Dan and, and talk to him. He's a very smart guy, a great guy. So thank you guys. So much fun. Learn a ton. So much yeah. fun. This is great. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Later. Bye.